So welcome to the Built for the Trades podcast. I am so excited with my guest today. I have Chris Klein from California, all the way here in Texas, sitting in the studio today. Chris Klein is um, not only a successful home service business owner, but he's one of the founding members of the Built for the Trades community. So welcome, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Well, today I wanted to uh, really dive in and hear Chris's story. You know, this podcast, I mean, this podcast is really built for the tradesmen and women out there who have similar old school values that we have as second generation tradesmen. You know, we're raised with things like uh, integrity, um, hard work. Um, you know, you're only as good as your word and a handshake means everything. Right, Chris? Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. But you could speak up a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Dan, you know, um, handshake and uh, core values and and doing what you said you were going to do, having that integrity and following through. That's it. That's it. So, yeah. So on, on this podcast, I mean, we're, the hopes is that we inspire other tradesmen and women out there that are maybe looking to start their own business, uh, working in the trade, or maybe they have a home service business and they're wanting to grow it. Uh, this is going to be an unfiltered podcast. You know, there's so many podcasts out there right now that just talk about private jets and money and success and hundred million dollar businesses and I don't know about you, but I'm kind of fed up with that. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's, we're, we're all real people, uh, success or not. Um, we all have real struggles and, uh, you know, and that's what this podcast is going to be about. So um, I just want to start us off, uh, Chris, just kind of get the, get the audience a little bit of a background. You know, I, I, I just said that you're a second generation tradesman and so am I. Uh, tell us more about what that looks like in your life. So the way that shakes down for me in, uh, in my world is, uh, you know, I own and operate Yoakum Plumbing and uh, we're in Santa Clarita, California. And uh, what happened was just a quick history of my company is in 1978, my dad, Vern Klein and Mark Yoakum were friends and they were working together and they decided to elevate themselves and to uh, better their families. And so they decided to start together Yoakum Plumbing um, and then together they ran the business for 20 years. Um, and uh, around 99 is when my dad decided to uh, to take over the business. And Mark Yoakum had moved on to being an expert witness in construction defects for plumbing defects. So still in the plumbing field, but not directly plumbing. And uh, my dad then took the company and ran it for about another 22 years. So come 2018, um, my dad and I and my brother um, all got together. And unfortunately, my father's health, you know, just being a 62-year-old man and being in the trades for 42 years kind of wore him out a bit. And uh, the way he went, you know, he probably went harder than most. And uh, what happened was uh, my father's health was getting really, really bad and poor. And it was hard for him to uh, operate and do his duties and run the business successfully. So uh, he came to me and my brother, my brother and I, and uh, he just basically asked like, hey, you know, your brother's very young and I don't think he's old enough at this time to operate this business. Would you mind helping and ultimately, you know, helping my father retire and, and keep the keep the company going, keep that legacy alive? Um, and so that was what happened and got me into owning and operating Yoakum. But, you know, if you go back to, to 2000 um, is when I started really kind of helping while I was in high school. And then I graduated out of high school in 2001 and I went to work for Yoakum Plumbing. I worked for Yoakum Plumbing for about nine years. And uh, after nine years, I, I just sought something a little bit more as far as my professional abilities. And so I went to the school district and I uh, went to public works and I went into the Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District and uh, became a plumber for them for about another few years. And then that elevated me into management and construction. I built some schools, ran the department. And then, uh, you know, ultimately when my dad came to me, I was working for a different school district, more local to Santa Cruz. 
And uh, I was working for the government in public works. And, you know, truth be told, Dan, I wasn't very fulfilled in that position. I felt that um, I wasn't serving anyone. I was trying to serve the children, but there was too many agendas. And, and ultimately, I was lacking something in my life. So when my father came to me and presented the opportunity for him to retire, for my brother to, to continue and for Yoakum Plumbing to ultimately continue its legacy, um, I jumped on it. You know, there was no hesitation. It, it felt right. It was something that was always in my mind. I went and got my uh, contractor's license again um, and uh, got myself, you know, uh, in a position to operate that business. So um, after taking over the business, you know, I, I quickly learned that my father was a fantastic plumber and, and that nothing will ever, never, uh, you know, take that away from him. But as far as a business owner, um, there was a lot of lacks. There was a lot of, a lot of things that weren't completely put together in the business, you know, and, uh, you know, unfortunately the business wasn't very profitable at that time. It was, it wasn't very sustainable in the, in the regard that it wasn't all the way with all the ducks in a row. So I quickly took, and, uh, that was my, you know, number one mission was to get this thing safe, sustainable, operating quickly or, you know, professionally and, and the way it's supposed to be done, you know, and the ducks in a row. And so, uh, you know, what that looked like when I took over the business was, you know, gosh, two, two technicians and my brother. So three technicians and, uh, you know, a couple trucks that were barely running mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of doing it. And uh, none of the trucks were lettered and, you know, and all kinds of things were going on. They had a hydro jetter and they were trying to do it. Um, and so what I did was just quickly get the image going. You know, the business has been going for 40, you know, at that time it had been going for 41 years, you know. So to me, it was like, you know, I'm going to piggyback on my dad's hard work and the name and Mark Yoakum and the reputation that Yoakum Plumbing had in the community. Um, my father did great work and he was a very big people person. I mean, you yeah, want to talk about yes. trades. Yeah, you know? I, I know your father. He's an amazing guy. And I, yeah, I really want to pause you. there because... Uh, I, I don't know, but it resonates with me. It's probably resonating with some other people listening to the podcast right now who have uh, possibly grown up in the trades. And I, I just envision it's like you go from that mom and pop shop to a, a legit home service company. Uh, before we get there, I want to rewind just a little bit. And and one thing that um, that I think about that my mentor, John Maxwell, talks about is, you know, whenever you're whenever you're taking over a second generation business like that, or anytime that you're leading a business, like everybody else around you is standing on your shoulders to be able to achieve more than that person maybe had been able to achieve in their lifetime um, running and operating the business. And for you, I mean, your dad, he, I mean, he's left you with an amazing reputation, yep. um, amazing work ethic, good core values, you know, like the community loves Yoakum plumbing. I think, I think that's really really awesome. And, you know, we're going to dive more into, you know, what you're doing in the home service space right now. But before we do, let's rewind a little bit further back. You know, uh, one one fond memory that I have with my dad is, you know, between, between the ages of five and 10 years old, uh, going to work with him. And it was it was just spontaneous, like maybe it's a couple of couple day, a day here and there. But I, I remember going to work and he would offer me five dollars and if I worked. But I typically found myself like, swimming in the lake at a lake house that he was plumbing in or, or doing something like that. But the, the, the cool thing was if I was able to earn the $5, we would then go to an arcade and, That's and cool. uh, yeah. yeah, so that was good memory. So take me back. Like, when did you start working in the business? Yeah. Even if it wasn't full time, just like when was the first experience you had plumbing, you know, in it, the space? it sounds exactly the same as yours, man. You know, honestly, Dan, um, I knew, I know that I knew pipe size before I was, 
seven, eight, nine, I don't know, somewhere around there. Uh, my dad would take me as often as he could, you know, weekends after, after school, you know, a day off Chris, uh, summer break, Christmas break. Um, I just wanted to be around him. I, I something about being in that plumbing truck and being around the customers and, and seeing the way my dad had fun with people and talking to people. So really around the same time as you, like it's a very similar story, going to people's houses and playing with their dogs and whatnot. And uh, yeah, probably around the same age and all the way up until, uh, you know, right out of high school, even during high school. I mean, he was pulling me out because I knew how to run copper and I'd go help run on the repipes, you know, and mm-hmm. pull me out of school early. And so, yeah, quickly and really my whole life, you know, I mean, my father's been in it since, you know, well before I was around and, uh, you know, I mean, took me to school in a plumbing truck every day and we went to you <laughs> know, lunch cool. on the weekends <laughs> in the plumbing truck. I I imagine mean, dropping my daughter off of school. In the yeah, right. Yeah she'd, be, <laughs> yeah, she'd be destroyed by it, right? Yeah, it was, <laughs> he dropped me off at school, you know, and I had a lot of pride in it. You, yeah. know, I, uh, you know, I had somebody call me once when I was a little kid, a plumber's kid, and I was like, okay, like, what's wrong with that? You know, like, I didn't think anything of it. I'd take offense. Um, yeah, so quickly, uh, my whole life, you know, it's just been what I've been about and watching my dad interact with people and having people call and just, uh, want to visit with him. And, you know, and then when I got into the trades and started doing it, I'd go to somebody's house and they'd be like, well, where's Vern? And I'd be like, well, Hey, I'm here. And it was, it was their visit. It wasn't about the, the <laughs> it was that they were looking for that visit that he was going to provide. And, and so I learned those things with him early on, you know, more than this to plumbing, you know, I'm sure I learned pipe size and I knew what, you know, DAP was and Teflon and all the different things, but it was really about people. It's always been about that's people good. with him. And, and, you know, that's where the success of the Yoakum plumbing I feel has, has come. And I just really piggyback on what his hard work and, and the foundation that my father laid um, as well as Mark Yoakum in the community and what they did. Hmm. I, I really piggybacked on that. So I can't really take much, much credit off of the fact that these guys for, you know, 40 years before me displayed this amazing path of just good customer service and core values and, and interacting with people in a really awesome way and touching people's lives the way my father did. You know, he really, he used to speak that uh, we're the Calvary. And uh, he used to say that when people are in stress and in times of need, we're the guys, like we come in, we save the day, we're the hero, you know, and that's the way my dad saw it. He really painted that picture for my brother and I. Um, as we moved into the trades that we're the heroes, we're there to save the day. Hmm. And and it really kind of resonates with us and, you know, into, into our core values, you know, one of our core values is be the, be the um, person there that can provide um, clarity in times of need, you know, oh, yeah. it's one of our things, you know, yeah. is to, is to be there, you know, to support because these people are uncertain, you know, they may be a aircraft engineer, they don't know what they're doing. And you're sitting there telling them about their, their fill valves. No good. You got to be able to, to, calm them and know that it's going to be okay. And you're there to fix it. So Hmm. those are things that I learned, you know, just as soon as I, as early as I can remember, I've just, it's always been about being in that plumbing truck. And when you say second generation, and I think that's where you and I have a lot of in common is, is, you know, our father and the way that they instilled this in us and being in that truck and being around that environment, you know, of professionals and, and everything. When I got out of high school, it was such a drive for me to be those guys, the way my dad spoke to the plumbers, the way that the plumbers held themselves when they came to our house to go to work, you know, we ran it out of our house um, most of my life um, was like, Whoa, the plumbers are here. I felt like, Oh man, like these are the guys. And I, and I looked up to them and I still look up to plumbers and tradesmen alike, you know, of any kind of trade, because you know, you you've learned a craft, you know, something that can sustain you. You can go work anywhere in the world for mm-hmm. anybody you want. That's true. If you have good core values and great, working trade knowledge, like you'll always have a job. You'll always be okay. You know? And, um, those are things that my dad taught, you know, all the way through when I was struggling in high school with just, you know, 
being into it, being out of it, you know, and school wasn't really my thing. I like yeah. to wrench. I like yeah. to be that. And my dad really instilled in me that that's okay. Be good at what you do. Finish it. Finish strong. My dad always mm-hmm. said finish strong is a word that really resonates with me. Um, but ultimately he was okay with knowing that this might not be my path, like school, college, that higher level education, more than just, I'm, I have this physical ability, these God given gifts to wrench and be mechanical and, and understand that. And so that was always something that I, I look highly to my father for supporting me. You know, he supported that. And he really, he really instilled that in my brother and I, you know, the work ethic is, is it's gotta be there, you know, yeah. and, 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 and I, you know, some core values you can, you can have, you can make, you can change yourself, but, a lot of the core values I say in that regard are, you know, from your upbringing, your, your experiences and uh, everything with plumbing has been very much like almost an escape, you know, like, uh, you know, to me, plumbing is a way to get out and meet new people mm-hmm. and to leave your problems right at the door and get in that plumbing truck and get a fresh start for the day and, and understand that you're really helping people. And, and yeah, my dad's good. always really serve, put that right? in, our, in our head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. To serve and to help, you know, and um, you know, sometimes it's a remodel and it's something fun and fancy, but a lot of times it's something bad and something leaked or something flooded or backed up. And um, so just providing all the different levels, even when it's something fun, you know, being that exciting person, like, Oh, look at your awesome new faucet or something mm-hmm. you know, like that in that regard. Yeah, it goes back to, you know, we're in the people business and building relationships and, and, and the different things that we do, serving our customers, serving our team members, it makes a difference in people's lives. So it's when you think about it in the bigger picture of things, like our purpose is not just to be a plumber or not just to be a tradesman or, or woman out there. It's actually to, to build relationships, serve other people and help make their lives better through interaction with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, something really powerful when you think about that. And I, I, I want to, I want to dive in kind of uh, jog over here for a second and dive into the logo of Yoakum Plumbing. Uh, being a, a country boy from Texas, you know, small town <laughs> Texas, uh, I didn't spend you know too much of my of my years in California, really none until I got older. Started meeting companies in different states and traveling to California and getting getting to experience LA and kind of the Hollywood scene and stuff like that. And uh, you have a really interesting backstory to that Yoakum logo. So go ahead and tell the people yeah. out there what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the logo is, uh, it's a, you know, it's a cartoon and um, to kind of give you a little visual, it's a van chasing a bunch of water drops. And ultimately one of the logos in the O of Yoakum is uh, a water drop with the bar across it. And it's similar to the Ghostbusters Mm -hmm. Um, and why it's similar to the Ghostbusters uh, from the eighties is uh, a gentleman named uh, Boyd Kirkland um, was a a church member with Mark Yoakum. They went to church together and they, uh, their families, uh, you know, were, were very close and their kids were close in age and similar amount of kids and everything. So Mark Yoakum and Boyd Kirkland worked together and Mark was working at his house. And, uh, part of the thing was Mark did in trade, did some plumbing work for a logo draw. Right. And so Boyd Uh Kirkland is actually quite famous. He, uh, did, he worked on Ghostbusters. He did the Batman cartoons through the nineties and two thousands, um, I saw that one time he worked on the X-Men cartoons and stuff like that. So a very established cartoonist. I mean, that was his professional career was uh, was drawing cartoons and whatnot. So hmm. that's where the the drawing came about. And um, so, yeah, it's it's a van chasing a bunch of water drops and the water drops are running and they're sweating. And then, you know, our one logo is the the water drop and he's got the bar across him. He's got a sad face and everything. But <laughs> it really goes to that that Ghostbusters type of theme. And is, you know, because Boyd had worked on it. So it was a really neat thing that, you know, a church member did in trade plumbing for the logo. And that's been the logo since 1977 is when it was drawn, but the company didn't be established and start going until 1978. Wow. So that logo has been day one. 
um, and, uh, you know, trademarked it, you know, back in the late seventies and whatnot. And so it's just a, a really old logo. That's really neat and still relevant. You know, it's red, white, and blue are our colors. Um, I've really played to that with the trucks, they're red, white, and blue, the way the wraps go. And, uh, we kept the logo and, um, nothing's been changed the way the writing is, you know, Mark Yoakum hand wrote plumbing. So the way the plumbing is written in calligraphy is Mark's calligraphy, you know, and something like that. So it's really just a great throwback to, um, just the establishment of the company, you know, and just the relationships that, you know, Mark did it in trade and stuff like that it was really cool about the logo. So yeah, I, you know, our logos just, there's no way it's going to change. That's the way we're going to keep it. It's pretty neat too. Cause like out of all the companies I work with or been around, like you, Yoakum is one of the best branded companies that I've ever seen. And for people listening to that, like, what is like, what's the key to that success? I know you talked about your dad and Mark, you know, running the company for 40 years, that plays a huge role in the community. Uh, but is there anything that, that, um, that you say, Hey, this is really key that we do these small things in order to be, continue to be branded. Well, what is that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things was uh, when Yoakum Plumbing started, I know Mark Yoakum used to do a radio commercial uh, out in Santa Cruz and he had like a little jingle and uh, Mark Yoakum would offer free plumbing advice. People can call in on the weekends and ask for different things. And, and Mark Yoakum would give you advice on how to take care of it and whatnot. Um, that was one way that the branding kind of got going, you know, and then of course the trucks rolling around forever for a long time. But one of the other ways that we went was uh, kind of, kind of really old school, I guess, in the regard, my dad was a uh, really kind of a stickler for spending money. He's, he's very, very thrift with his money. He's very smart and can save and, but he doesn't want, he never believed in doing that because the phone kept ringing. Yeah. But one thing that my dad did do was when he first took over the company, in about 99 was uh, he purchased a whole bunch of uh, magnets, refrigerator magnets, you know, nice, and that was yeah. a big thing. And so uh, refrigerator magnets and stickers. <clears throat> and so it may sound silly, but he put those refrigerator magnets just everywhere. If we're in somebody's house, he'd pull it out of his pocket. He always had about five or six of them in his pocket. I can always remember my dad having those magnets and he just pull them out, slap them on your fridge, you know, and or throw it on your water heater. He'd pull a sticker out of his back pocket and he'd stick wow. it on your water heater. And so magnets and stickers and now so take that from 99 and really all the way back because the sticker thing has been um, a yokum plumbing standard since the 70s so wow. we used to have these little yellow stickers i still actually have the big fat roll of them it's kind of funny but a big huge roll of stickers and it just says yokum plumbing the services we do and whatnot has our little logo on it but the magnets and the stickers so we've gone now from 99 all the way here to 2021 and uh, we still see those magnets. And when I say those magnets, I have not purchased any more magnets. We have not. My dad bought, call it 2,500 of them back in the, in the late 90s. And uh, wow. we still see those same ones. So when those magnets come around and you see that style magnet, um, it's just really kind of like a, it gives me a little warm feeling like, oh, my dad, that was my dad. You know, that was my dad's branding. And so now take that. Well, Sticker a garbage disposal, sticker a water heater, sticker a, a refrigerator, whatever, or, you know, a magnet, a refrigerator. And uh, those get us calls. Those get us quite a bit of uh, revenue generation. And, uh, you know, one of our things is somebody books a call with us, they'll ask you in a little questionnaire, how did you hear about us? And uh, we quantify how many different ways, you know, they saw a truck, you know, just know you in the community, but those stickers and magnets, oh boy. Wow. You know, those stickers and magnets are the number one generation that the Oakland Plumbing has seen. And I feel for the branding that that's really done us a good one. And then now take it another level. I created a branding competition for my guys. And what that looks like is put a sticker on a water heater, put a sticker on a garbage disposal, put a, you know, put a, put a magnet that we do have more magnets now. 
put a magnet on a fridge, send that picture to my office manager. My office manager will quantify it. If it applies, you know, make sure you don't put them anywhere silly. Um, and if it, and if it applies, then she will quantify that. And at the end of the, at the end of the month, you get to spin the raffle wheel, you know, and that raffle wheel can, can pay dividends to the guys, you know? So it's, it's created a thing where it's a, a fun competition because the guys like to compete. I mean, that's just a natural thing, right? Guys like to compete. Let's be real. And for them, they get to compete with a reward, you know, and the reward is, well, they get compensated. Well, the reward too, is that the company, you know, continues to brand itself and establish that, that, uh, that level of, you know, one, the quality and we won't, you know, we stick with what we do because we do the, to the max. Um, but really it's, it's a return on the company, you know, the branding and the, and the knowing because, and what we've seen a lot, is people will have an emergency, their water heater pops. And, you know, when you have an emergency, your clarity goes to what, right? You, you really have trouble that's focusing. True, so true. you run out to the water heater and the first thing you do is, oh my gosh, but you see a Yoko Plumbing sticker on there and it's right there, you know, call this number and they call that number. And, and honestly, I've had plenty of houses where somebody bought a house. I just moved in and I saw your sticker on the water heater. And, you know, that, that kind of branding um, is just, is just amazing, you know, and then to just keep it going. I mean, to me, it's a cool logo, you know, I think it looks neat and it's aesthetically pleasing. Um, and the logos are fun and the stickers that we've done, we've designed the stickers a little bit different to be a little bit more modern and whatnot, but hmm. really sticking to that water drop with the bar through it. And, uh, yeah, branding and, and getting that, that level out there. And, you know, a lot of what we see from our, our customers feedback is, uh, is, uh, the seeing the trucks around. You know, yeah. and so I, I believe heavily in the wrap, the design, the red, white, and blue, and just the the way the logo stands out. So people really, you know, draw to that. All right, so y'all heard it first, right here, Built the Trace podcast. Stickers and magnets are not out of style. <laughs> yeah, they're so not out of style. There's probably some second generation people driving around right now saying, like, I better go on the phone and order some stickers and magnets. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That, that, I mean, that's really a great story, and you are right. When you know, when, when you're in that emergency basis, you are going to call that first number you see. And, um, it, yeah, it, it flows hand in hand with the social, um, with all the other things that you're doing to brand yourself well, the competitions and stuff. And man, that's some really, really good information to share to the audience. Thank so thank you for sharing that. Um, I'd love for the audience to learn more about who Chris Klein is, uh, just as a person, take us through like last 20 years of your life. Like what are some of the hobbies that you had? I, I know you have a need for speed. <laughs> yeah. So let's yeah. get to know you a little better. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Um, well, 20 years, that would be just getting out of high school. Um, dirt bikes for life. Um, I love off-roading. I love being out in nature. I love just that fresh smell in the morning, you know, of, of just nature, um, the clarity, the, the lack of noise, um, just those things. So Riding motorcycles was really just a, a vehicle to get me into nature, to show me things that I couldn't see, you know, and I, I like to think about when was the last time somebody walked through this area or if they ever did or what kind of animals. And hmm. so um, it went from dirt biking to uh, gosh, what I, I went into sand rails, did sand rails for a while. Then I did, you know, off-road buggies. And uh, as of late, I uh, started racing cars on an asphalt oval. So yeah, that's my thing. I have a need for speed. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've always had kind of that little bit of a adrenaline rush, if you will, you know, but, uh, it's, it's always in a controlled environment, you know, with me in control, if that, if that's what, uh, what I mean, but uh, yeah, so I've been very focused on my education as well as having fun. And I feel that the more you work, the harder you work, the luckier you get, right. Mm -hmm. The harder I work, the luckier I get. Cause, and why I say that is I've had lots of people tell me, Oh, Chris, you're so lucky. You've got you know, this and that. And the other thing, it's like, well, yeah, material possessions, you know, you can, you can be jealous of those things, but you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm. And that's something that I've always kind of quantified. You know, my, my dad always used to say, uh, you know, you get what you put in. 
And, uh, you know, you do. And so what that looked like for me for the last 20 years is getting out of high school, working real hard to be the plumber. Remember, I said that I want the, uh, the plumbers to me were held up on a pedestal. So that meant every single on-call, every emergency, every weekend, Chris was in the truck trying to learn that trade. Um, I had the code book in my lap. We had a PHCC plumber that was working for us that was teaching me his courses during the day so I could go and learn it, you know, basically free education. Yeah. And all the while, you know, growing myself and um, met my wife, Nikki, uh, in third grade. <laughs> and wow. uh, we've been friends since the third grade. And how I met her was my dad worked at her house and did a toilet for her. And she came up to me in the third grade and said, your dad worked at my house. He, he, he and ran away. <laughs> and so that's how I met my wife. And then about 15 years old, her and I became best friends. And then when we were 19, we started dating. And man, 19 years later, you know, almost 20 years later, that's that's it for, uh, for Nikki and I and three kids. And, and so what it's looked like for me is hard work, but almost equal amount of fun. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, I feel that you're going to keep your head clear as long as you can get it out. You got to have a pressure relief. And that's my plumbing reference right there. But you got to have a pressure relief. You got to be able to get it out, you know. And uh, so what my, that looked like for my dad was uh, was the same nature, hanging out with his friends, he used to play poker, whatnot. And that was the way my dad relieved his stress. For me, it's it's always been about being in a group of people. And, and I really do get a lot of pleasure from seeing other people have fun. So that's been something that's kind of always stood out to me was bring, if I can bring the room up, then I'm going to go up. If I'm up and the room's down, it's kind of hard to have fun. They're kind of, you know, they're kind of not having the same vibe as you. So I've always really worked hard on trying to make sure that everybody else has fun, you know, and when everybody else has fun, then my fun gets kind of more exponential. So I'm, I'm curious as far as, you know, you said you met Nikki in third grade and they all have married three kids. Uh, in your opinion, like what kind of role does having a good foundation there with your spouse play in, in your leadership and your success as a business owner today? It's uh, it's monumental. It's 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 absolutely required. You know, um, one of the things that was shared recently uh, to me was, um, you know, maybe even in the hiring process, you know, meeting the spouse um, because, and, and this gentleman made it very clear to me that right, if your spouse isn't supportive, then everything's going to be more challenged. Going to work on call is going to be challenged. Um, having to work a weekend or a night call or something, that's going to be challenged as far as plumbing's regarded, you know, and for the office managers and whatnot, that that needs to be the spouse needs to support them and know that the stresses are 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 pivotal and pivotal and they're they're moving you forward. So um I lost my thought, man. I'm sorry. We're no, right you're on. good. No, I, I agree with you hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I I think. Anytime that you're bringing people into a business, especially in a leadership position, you need to be meeting the spouse and knowing who that is and what that relationship is like, because I have personally seen it firsthand, both in my home service business and as a coach, that you can only you can only achieve so much um, as far as your level of leadership and the size of your business based on the relationship with your spouse. Absolutely. I, I, it's, it's just it just is because there's only so much you can handle at home and then come to work and handle at work before you finally break. So you do Absolutely. need to have a good support system at home. And that is really important as you interview to meet that, meet that spouse and make sure that, uh, that they are good. I do have an interesting story around that, that I probably <laughs> should share the audience, but I, uh, at one point in my home service business, uh, hired a service manager who was a great guy, great service manager. Um, but, Long story short, we're in a fairly small community. And when you go to get your hair cut uh, and you start hearing things like, hey, does uh, uh, so-and-so's wife 
or, or just, you know, like we said, they, they start talking about how his wife is a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you start hearing that chatter around town that, you know, doesn't that guy work for you? And then mm-hmm. isn't that, you know, his wife that's yeah. causing all this chaos in our community? Yeah. Literally, that's what happened. I kept hearing that for months and months. Wow. And uh, when, and I, I ended up having to terminate that service manager based on the craziness of his wife. Wow. And uh, she almost killed me. <laughs> yeah, I was. A, yeah, that's she, good. she literally oh, came man. to my office and almost killed me. <laughs> Oh, man. So there you go. Yeah. That's my story. Yeah. And I, yeah. I had to learn the hard way. And Survival. there's probably somebody out here who's listening to that laughing. Probably had the, <laughs> right. same, yeah. the same experience. So, yeah. so growing up, you, you know, you had the need for speed. You grew up in California, right? Born and raised in that yeah. area. Yep. Yep. And, and, uh, you know, th- th- this part of California is like the, the rolling hills, like from Texas, I call it mountains. But yeah. 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 It's, as countries you're going to get in California, I guess for a bit, you know, without getting too into the, into the weeds, but yeah, yeah, definitely outside of LA, Santa Clarita is where we're at. And I would call it a small town, meaning, uh, you know, you'd be surprised how many people know people and you can get into that, you know, separation of six, what is it? Six degrees separation, whatever. But, uh, anyway, uh, a very small community. So it doesn't take much for people to know things and to find out things. You know, although there's a couple hundred thousand people, it doesn't matter because it's still Santa Cruz is a valley and it is inside the mountains and it doesn't, it stays in there. So um, yeah, it, it's important to, uh, to, you know, not have those kind of things get out and reputation and whatnot, but yeah, sorry, man, I kind of lost my thing, but what I was thinking, um, sorry, we spoke about this morning um, about relationships. Um, and just real quick on that, Dan, I wanted to say that, uh, I'll say it in front of everybody and I'll say it in this podcast that uh, I would not be where I am without my wife. There's absolutely no way that I would have done it. I'll I'll tell you all the times I wanted to quit going to college, um, going to school at night, working full time as a plumber, commuting from Santa Monica to where I was at an hour and a half each way, at least, you know, and, uh, doing everything that I did. There's so many times I wanted to quit school and, uh, she kept me going, there's plenty of times I didn't want to take a promotion because I was scared because the challenges were going to be great. Mm, and, you know, the, the risk was huge. Um, and I'll tell you all the way through, Dan, to leaving my government position with pensions and protection and all the years I had already served and they loved me there to leave that position to go run a home service business for my father that is not being ran well and is honestly not profitable was, um, very, very tasking for me mentally, but, uh, the, the confidence that my wife, Nikki had in me was insane. You know, like I, I felt almost like I can't fail at this because she believes in me so much. That's good. Um, and so, uh, you know, and I had a chance to meet your wife, um, and, uh, what an amazing woman, Dan. And I believe the same way that, uh, that you would not have been where you are at. And, and just That's the true. small time that I've known you without, without that support. So, it's absolutely you know paramount that you have somebody that supports you because it's so much stress and there's so much unknown and there's so much hard work that goes into it. If you have a, a stressed home life, it will directly fall right into what you're doing. Uh, I could tell you with my technicians, I'll see KPI drops and I almost know exactly what it is. It's some sort of force outside of the company. It's they know the processes, they know the procedure, they know how to communicate, they know how to get it done. So there's something outside force that's pushing this. And uh, as of recently, I mean, I just had it, you know, a few days ago where I, you know, noticed some, some performance issues and talked to a technician and absolutely, man, you know, there's, there's real life. Personal things, there. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. real life. It happens. Yeah. It's funny. We were talking about that uh, yesterday and how it's almost, 
I'll, I'll talk plumber terms. I'm sure there's other trace people out there that are going to be like, oh, <laughs> dang plumbers. But it was, uh, it was funny because I compared it to an expansion tank on a water heater, right? Like, yeah, you need everybody needs to have their own expansion tank and, and, and doing and putting that on that person that you're leading. That's like, you got to have a scheduled one to one with them at least one time a month to where they have a place to, to vent and share those things. Otherwise it does affect per performance. Yeah. You need that expansion and contraction room. Otherwise, eventually they're going to blow if you're not giving them the time and you're not listening to them. So absolutely, there's my plumbing talk for the day. But, uh, I think it's great. Um, so going back to a few years back, you, you know, you came out of the government job, took over the family business. I really want to dive into that because there's, there's, I know there's, there's people listening right now who are taking over family businesses or working in family businesses. And man, I could go a hundred different directions on that, that topic. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Go ahead and share with the audience. Like when you first took it, took it over, what was something like, what was one of your biggest struggles? And then how did you overcome that struggle? Well, truth be told, Dan, cause I don't hold anything back. You know, the biggest struggle for me was taking over the business and getting a tax bill for $12,000, you know, because taxes weren't, weren't taken care of. And, and that's just being real life, guys. You know, this is what happens when you run a when you run a family business. Sometimes, you know, this is things come up. Um, one of the biggest challenges I would say that we overcome quickly and we had to was getting branded correctly. Like we had the branding, we had been established, but getting the trucks lettered, getting all the kind of nitty gritty, getting the trucks registered correctly, and all the things that are just in the weeds of of what the the buildup is. But really the biggest challenge was taking this company from, from time and material, chucking a truck, I call it, to a flat rate and best practices, you know, best services, you know. So that was huge. I mean, to go from time and material to flat rate, wow, after 43 years, you know, or 42 years, I'm sorry, that is a that was a that was a task, you know. And so how I overcame that was explaining the how, the why. And the benefit, you know, really it was, uh, it was quickly easy for, it was quickly recognizable for my team to understand that time and material is, is very strained now. I mean, back in the day, guys, there was a place for it, right? There was absolutely a place for time and material and that was the way we did it, you know, and there were companies that did flat rate and we all like, you know, some people shook a stick at it. You know, my dad personally, um, wasn't a fan of flat rate. He, he, he had a, a bad uh, judgment on what it was from misinformation. <laughs> no, you know? no. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, so call I, it flat rate, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure there's people who are here listening, still doing time material and there's people who are listening that are doing flat rate. Um, but you know, the biggest fear that I think everybody has right away is, is am I going to lose customers? Right. Am right. I going to lose team members? Yeah. Am I going to stop making money because of this? Like, I think, I think really it's more dialed down to, am I going to lose my long-term customers? And right. am I going to lose my long-term team members? So right. take us through that. Well, I'll be totally honest. Losing customers, we lost a few. We did lose a few. You know, I'm not going to lie. We lost a few, but, you know, those were probably the customers that were already difficult to deal with and uh, weren't necessarily valuing what we were bringing. So I'll tell you, we have legacy customers, we call them, Dan. Anybody over 10 years that's been with us, you're a legacy customer. I mean, we've got 40-year legacy customers. We've got grandparents with, you know, they're, you know, we've got generations that call Yoakum plumbing. So for us, it was the great work that had already been done. The, the promises that we were setting, we had established core values when I took over the business and we started living by those core values. And, uh, although the company, you know, the customers would give some kickback, you know, I mean, of course, like, well, I used to get this for this much money and I used to get this for this much money. Absolutely. You know, you did, but I, you know, my father was a great plumber, 
but he wasn't as great of a businessman, you know? And unfortunately my father had such a big heart that it was, it was at a cost to him personally and financially. Um, That was some of the ways that we explained to our customers. You know, I didn't lose any team members myself, but my team members were definitely upset and challenged. I mean, you know, to go from time material to flat rate and having to tell these customers these prices. Wow. Well, one of the things I did was give them the tools, right? So we can't just tell them to change something without giving them the tools. What I mean by giving them the tools is here's a flat rate book. Here's some trainings, right? We really worked on it. We didn't just roll this out. We, we took this on and, uh, you know, we, we, we worked on it for maybe almost a whole quarter before we actually rolled out going flat rate where we were mm-hmm. really talking about it, talking about the benefits. And I had the buy-in from my team. I mean, I'm talking, we sat down in a, in a room and we're, you know, we're all sitting around and we talked about what this looks like for the company, what this looks like going forward. And uh, they all wanted to elevate themselves. Everybody wanted to make more money. Everybody wanted to see the company succeed. These are the guys that bought into the culture of my dad and what we do at Yokum Plumbing. So for them, it wasn't actually as hard of a change as I thought it was going to be. It was uh, pretty easy, actually, once we explained it to them. Now, conversion rates started to become a thing and whatnot. And that was just really down to training. You know, that's down to polishing that pencil, you know, is what came down to that. You know, the guys, you know, you can, and we can see. So, you know, we took some bad reviews. But that's okay, right? You take a bad review and you quantify the information. They're giving you what you did wrong in that review. That yeah, is yeah. literally that's like true. a free pass on here's what you did wrong. And ours was pricing. Well, of course it's pricing because we're not explaining our services, right? And so building the value, building the relationship, that was something that we learned too. My dad knew how to build relationships just naturally by doing it, you know. But now the guys, we had to kind of set parameters. We're going to ask some questions. We're going to get to know these people. We're going to talk about some. We're going to you know, see that they're wearing a Dodgers cap and we're going to start talking about the Dodgers or something, you know, we're going to try to get on their level somehow, some way um, and learn these people. And and my mm-hmm. guys all wanted to be people, you know, we're all in the trades because we serve people, but you know, that's what we do. We go to people's homes and we serve people. So if you're into people um, and you want to learn more about people, then we start doing that, you know, and that's where that's role good. plays came in. And, um, you know, some of the things I identified with my guys was customer voice. You know, the guys had customer voice. Why are you having a customer voice? People can see through that, you know, talk like John, you know, talk like Jason, talk like the guys that you are, because you're great men, you know, mm-hmm. portray that to your customer. So it was an absolute monumental task, you know, it was, but you know what, it was worth it. And, and at the end of it, the company, you know, was able to grow and flourish, you know, and I'm talking guys, we went from two trucks to six trucks from that kind of regard, you know, from from not only revenue, just really just doing good work and the demand increased. And so did the company take a hit? Well, yeah, it took a hit. I mean, we just changed something big, you know, and it took a hit, meaning it just took a little bit of a dip and, and it was a learning curve, you know, but what yeah. a, what a exponential, you know, growth that we saw from it. So it, it was absolutely necessary to do something like that. That was worth it. Yep. That's good. And uh, customers are happy because they know up front and yeah, they can make those exactly. decisions. Yeah. So yeah. They, they know up front and, now they're not paying for you to run to Home Depot. And now they're sitting there going like, why didn't he have it on his truck? I had to pay for him to go to Home Depot for exactly. a half hour. Yeah. I had to, so they, I had to know, do they, this and that. They got know? the stopwatch out, clicking it when you Oh, yeah. I've had guys turn the, the, turn the sand over on me and clock <laughs> me, man. You got one hour. And I'm like, what about writing the bill? You know, <laughs> got about an hour and a half now, you know? So let's let's dive into core values. I heard you mentioned core values. And, uh, you know, since you and I have known each other, we've talked about, you know, vision, like starting with the end of mind, building good core values, uh, letting that kind of define our culture. And, and you know, I remember sharing that, hey, this is going to be a long-term play for success versus a short-term play. So tell the audience a little bit about that and what that's looked like, you know, a few years into having your core values established in your business. 
Oh yeah. So, um, you know, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. If you don't have them, um, please get them as quick as possible. And what I mean by that is, uh, they're the rules. Um, they're the rules for a lot of things. You know, I'll have the guys, uh, as of recently, just an example, I had somebody that wanted to install a washer and dryer in their bathroom upstairs. Okay. So we start diving in the code book. We start looking at what this looks like. And there's just too many gray on that. That was just like, this is not where the company. So I went to our core values, right? And one of our core values is to, to not do anything that, that, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, one of our core values is uh, to not to not make any decisions that that put the, you know, gosh, man, I forget which core value it is right now. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, so we've just had plenty. So lots of experiences come up. Lots of things come up that challenge your core values. And every time you go and you have a thing and let's just say you've got a decision to make and you're sitting there going like, oh, my gosh. OK, which way do I go? Look at your core values. Mm, to me, yeah. every time it's almost been like that's the cheat sheet. You know, yeah. it really is, you yeah. know, and Dan and I have, have coached a lot. You know, we've had technicians come in and come out. And, uh, you know, if you could put the technician's name next to it, plus put a plus or minus next to those core values. Do these guys hit those core values? You know, my brother and I talk a lot about, are they a good dude? You know, and uh, are they a good dude first? Because if you're a good person first, then gosh, can we teach you how to snake a drain? Can we teach you how to solder some pipe? Probably. Yeah. You know, but you got to be a good human first. And uh, the core values are just really the rules. And, uh, you know, Yoakum Plumbing's always had those values, you know, just by the way my dad did it. But really what happened was, you know, my dad took a backseat. He retired. He got older. Um, so we needed to make them. We needed to put them in print, put them on the wall. My core values are in every room of my building. Um, they're in the bathroom. You know, honestly, I want them everywhere. Like, they're everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah they're, they're everywhere. So you can always relate to them. And I uh, do core value shout outs all the time. Well, you know, I like to give my guys little little shout outs on when they hit a core value. And that could be serving a customer that could be, um, you know, one of our core values, you know, provide, provide peace in times of uncertainty. You know, when my guys, I hear these stories and I read these reviews about how scared they were and panicked and, Oh, you know, John or Jason provide all this calmness. And it's like, that's a core value shout out. That's a core value right there. You know, you're, you're hitting it right on the button. So, yeah, core, so you know, you got to have them. Yeah. I mean, the core values, if, if, if you're wondering like, what are core values or how do I establish them for my business? Uh, it's really just who you are, you know, like naturally your culture and your business is who you are because your values, um, you know, you, you just live your values. So you have to sit down and really determine what are those values that I live. Usually it's like three to five core values. Typically yeah. uh, there's all kinds of different ways to do it, but once you get it out in the open, and like you said, hold people accountable, talk about them often. It just really defines your culture. And so it's yeah. a, it is really powerful. Um, I want to take you through or take the audience through, like we've talked about you taking over the business. We talked about you, you know, but one of the hardest things you had to do was switching from um, time material to flat rate and how rewarding that was once you gotten through it. Uh, but take us through, like, what was the biggest point? In your in your life period, where you felt like there was transformation in who you are as a person, and and the life that you're currently living now, like take us through that story. I'm I'm curious to hear that. Yeah, that's that's a good one, Dan. Um, you know, when I worked for the when I worked for my father before, it was, it was like a fun time. You know, I really enjoyed working with my dad. I enjoyed working with the guys, and then I went to the government. Um, and I got to be truthful, the government turned me into a machine. 
And uh, my wife started to notice it and, you know, my health started to fail and my relationships with my friends and my family was not great. And even my spouse, you know, it, it, it was challenged. Um, mm. I felt a lack of serving. I was trying to serve the children and everybody else was trying to serve their agendas. So when I took this opportunity, you know, I looked at, I originally looked at taking over this company as I'm saving my dad and uh, allowing him an opportunity to retire and I'm helping my little brother. That's, that's kind of how I took it over, right? That was mm. the mindset. Now, here we are years later, and uh, I really understand that this is where I was supposed to be. Um, I'm supposed to be in front of these guys and leading these guys. I've, I have changed my team's life, and they have changed my life. Wow. And uh, I, I changed their life, and I've seen them grow, and they've grown me. And uh, they've held me accountable. You know, my team holds me accountable, and I hold them accountable. And uh, so I would say the biggest transformation is, Having this fun outside of high school, working for my dad, uh, doing this and that, wanting more, going and seeing more and experiencing more, but ultimately at a cost. And the cost was, uh, you know, my health ultimately was uh, failing and not great. And, um, you know, a lot of relationship strain and then time, you know, the commute and the amount of hours that were demanded upon me, you know, running this business is, is it's stressful guys. It's stressful. It's hard. There's nothing, you know, there's, there's a lot to it. It takes work, but the reward has been just exponentially more than I could have ever asked for just because the fact that, uh, you know, I feel happier. I know that I'm a better father. I know that I'm a better leader because my clarity, um, and I, and I know more about what this place can do. And, you know, I have faith in my business and, we talk about that a lot. And Dan and I have talked about that. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be faith in God or anything like that. It's faith in the process. It's faith in the people. It's faith in the groundwork that I've laid. I know that my company will be successful because I will make it successful. And I hope that you guys have that type of feeling too. I'm sure you do because that's what made you start this. You had faith in yourself to start this business and you have faith to keep it going. And, and I know that I have faith in Dan as a coach and he has faith in, in me as well, you know, and mm-hmm. um, that's what's really kept me going was almost going from a business robot type of deal to more about people and understanding and loving more. I really went from being rigid process procedure. You know, my wife would tell me, she's like, I know you're going to fire somebody today. You haven't slept all night, you know, and whatnot. And she could see it on my face and I'd wear it. And um, I became a robot, you know? And so when I took over this business, um, Although challenged and albeit like, oh my gosh, and the money and taking over a business that wasn't on deck, on point, um, was was monumental. And there's plenty of times where I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot, you know. And but okay, so sit back and and eat the elephant one bite at a time. You know, you can only do that. You can, how many how many people you are are you? You know, how many yeah. hands do you have? So. That was probably the biggest one was, was having that fun. This is great. Going to the government, getting really just kind of ground down into what it was like to just be a, uh, you know, a robot. Basically I got my, you know, my government, you know, welfare check every two weeks, you know, is what it was, (laughs) is what I felt like. And and I wasn't serving anybody, you know? And so when Dan created built for the trades, um, something resonated with me for that. And, you know, just the name of the, of the business that you created is, it's just amazing, you know, and really thinking about the pride in the trades, yep, you know, they, they put so much out there in the, in the media about like, you need to go to college, you need to have a desk job, you need to be this guy, that guy. Absolutely not. You know, I'll tell you what they don't do is they don't teach trades in college anymore or any kind of auto shop or anything like that, you know, and it's lacking, you know, I mean, just a quick story. One of the carpenters at the school district was a carpenter. He had learned woodworking at the school, at the high school, and they got rid of the wood shop, you know, so uh. 
just the abilities that people are put in front of, it's not there, you know? So to get tradesmen and to get good humans is kind of where, uh, is where I've learned about a lot is more people, you know, just going from running people to, to learning people is a big one. That's been a pivotal thing in my uh, life, man. Running people learn. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's perspective. Yeah. Like hearing all, hearing that shared as far as transformation, it was like, you, yeah, it, it, you went mm-hmm. from, almost seeing people as an inconvenience to seeing people as um, somebody that you should be serving to help better their lives. And it actually becomes your purpose, you know? So if you're listening and you're frustrated with your team and and you're frustrated with your business and you're struggling in all that area, it's just changing that little perspective and realizing that, Hey, this is a people business. My job is to invest in my team, serve my team. So you, don't, you almost need to check in with yourself and ask yourself, how much of my time am I spending investing in my team? Because there, I mean, I know as a business owner, you might find yourself investing, you know, zero hours of your time a week mm-hmm. investing your team because you're dealing with customers, you're dealing with financials, you're dealing with whatever else you're dealing with, family stuff. I mean, it, 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 you can go on and on, but it's pretty cool because it's like you found your purpose and now you're living your purpose and, and we can both agree that it's really hard. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. it's really rewarding when you start to see people. And one unique thing about Yoakum Plumbing, I just want to share and 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 we'll talk about it a little bit is uh, I think Yoakum Plumbing has a really special like mission, like really special gift for finding people that are great people but don't necessarily have great upbringings, mm-hmm. and kind of bringing them in and loving them and teaching them the trade and teaching them teaching them the love for the trades and your core values. And uh, through thick and thin, y'all have turned out some very loyal, long-lasting team members that are incredible guys, incredible gals. And uh, so that's a lot to be proud of for you and for your dad and your brother that you're doing that because, you know, success is more than just making money. Absolutely. In my opinion, I think success is, is, is just, I guess you can say it's leaving a legacy. It's, it's, it's leaving the world better than you found it. And that's one person at a time. Right. And it starts with you. You know, yeah. we've talked a little bit about that. You know, the health of who we are as leaders is going to equal the health of, of how our business looks. And you mentioned you had some health struggles yep. uh, that, that you've overcome and you continue to overcome. And so I hope the audience gets that too, is, is, you know, you have to take care of yourself in order for your business to be successful. And that's why it's important if you're burned out, ground down from your business, like you don't keep grinding at it. Sometimes you got to just take a deep breath, take a little bit of a break and then come back to it when you're fresh and ready to go. Absolutely. So Yeah, no, I, I used to see people as a tool, you know, a tool to get the job done, a tool to complete work orders, a tool to get this, you know, furniture moved from here to here. And, and uh, yeah, you know, and then, you know, piggybacking on what you said, Dan, about, about that, that, you know, I, I, I can't take all the credit for that. I, I would say this Yoakum Plumbing as a company has been the, the path and uh, going all the way back to Mark Yoakum and um, the way he used to serve and the, and the way that he used to deal with people. You know, one of the things that he told me before he passed away this year was, uh, Chris, just remember that it's not always take, there has to be give. And, and that yeah. sounds wild in a business, right? Cause we're in it to make money. We're in it to serve, to serve our people and, you know, our clients and our, and our guys and our team. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, no, it, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, like, you know, just a real quick example right now, we're, we're giving away a couple water heaters in December. I want two families to, to have some warmth, um, you know, and, and there's people that need you, you know, so that's just one example. But, you know, another example is 
the the history that has happened in this company of having people come in that just didn't have opportunities or had a really bad go at stuff, you know, but are really good people, you know, like we've all been through things. And like you said, we all have a story. Um, but something about being able to take good humans and and then, you know, a lot of these guys have great core values, you know, they just have a lot of challenges. And so helping them through that and teaching them the way, you know, and my, I'd say my dad did it by just having a lot of fun. I mean, with him, working with him was just amazing. I mean, he was just a fun guy. He, he is a fun guy. He's fun even when he comes in the shop. He's Everybody's got to laugh. He's the center of attention um, and just fun. And and uh, one of the things that my dad, you know, used to say was just have fun. You know, he used to say it all the time. Just have fun, Chris. Just have fun. And that sounds hard when you're out there grinding, but, you know, you have to. And, and you know, what I, what I wanted to say about my health and Dan was talking about is I put everything over myself. I put college, I put success, whatever that looked like. To me, success looked like a higher position and more money at the time. That's mm-hmm. what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Success did not look like health or family or friends or anything, not even hobbies. You know, as much as I love to go off road and, and to have horsepower and go fast and do all those things, none of that mattered to me. It was all about just doing that job, getting it done, getting to the next level. Um, and it came as a, you know, as a result, I, you know, I, I had a lot of health issues from, I still have to deal with these forever. And I put myself on the back burner. Um, and you know what, I don't think I hit the success that I thought I hit. You know, I really don't because I sat back and when you look at it, cool, it looks successful. Youngest director in the state of California. Wow. Cool. Yeah, that's great. It came at a cost. It came at a cost of almost losing my wife. You know, it came at a cost of, uh, losing friendships uh, came at a cost of my health, my time, you know, and, and, and absolutely all the money that I was making, like doesn't, didn't matter at the end of it, you know? Um, and what I did learn by taking over Yokum plumbing was that, um, you know, I'll tell you, Dan, that there was no money there. Uh, and you know, even as of yet, like there's, it's decent, you know, I'm not going to, we're not going to get into it, but it's decent, you know? And, um, that's, that doesn't matter to me like it used to matter. You know, it used to matter how cool my car was and how cool all these things were and how much money I had in the bank. And none of that matters anymore. What matters is just uh, sustainability and just knowing that I'm doing a good job, you know, and that my team's doing a good job and we're serving well. And, um, and that's really been pivotal for me, you know? And um, so, yeah, guys, if you're out there and you're grinding and uh, you feel like this is just too much, uh, I really encourage you to just take a step back, go away for the weekend, which sounds crazy, but you know what? It'll just, it'll be just as bad for you on Monday as it was on Friday. Um, <laughs> but what you will get is some time to really sit back and think about it, you know, and prioritize, you know, what's a bigger fire, put out the fires. But remember, if you don't put into your team, like Dan said, um, then there's no fires because there's no team and there's no jobs and there's no nothing. Right. And if That's you don't true. put into your customers, then there's, Hey, you don't have any issues now. Congratulations. All your problems are gone, but because you didn't work anybody <laughs> and nobody wants to work for you anymore. You know, that's true. That's very true. All right. So to, to kind of wrap everything up, what's one thing that you wish you would have known when you've, you know, got into Yoakum full time growing it that, you know, now that you'd love to share that wisdom with the audience so they could take that away and apply it to what they do. that uh all the hard work is worth it it's worth it i used to tell my brother we can't work this hard and not succeed and that that was something that i said a lot for for about the first year and a half um and so uh every little bit of of change that you do starting with just waking up five minutes earlier or making your bed in the morning um it's all going to be worth it it's going to be worth it. At the end, it's going to be worth it. You know, and I'm not at the end. I'm, I'm still on, on my path and I've still got a lot of work to do, but 
but I have yet to see any of the amount of work that I've put in not be rewarding, not a single, not a single bit, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, any decision I've made, whether it's a wrong decision, the knowledge that I've gained has been, been great, you know, and if you can apply the knowledge, you know, if you, if you bought an app and that app ended up being no good for your company and it cost you X amount, well, cool, because now you know that there's companies and now you know what didn't work about it. Now, you know what, when you go ask another company about their app, you know what to ask about what didn't work. And, and so, uh, the juice is worth the squeeze, you know, put in the work and uh, it'll come, you know, if you want to be rich, like, cool, you know, how, what is rich to you? You know, I mean, I, I'll just do my Bob Marley quote, man. He was asked one time, what, you know, are you a wealthy man? And Bob Marley asked, you know, uh, what is wealth to you? And the gentleman said, it's uh, you know, do you have a lot of houses and a big bank account and everything? And he said, well, no, I'm not wealthy then. That's not my, that's not my consideration of wealth. So uh, I challenge you all to, uh, you know, think about that. You know, what, what does wealth mean to you? What, what does it mean to you at the end? What are you trying to get to, you know, are you just trying to get by? Well, if you're trying to get by, man, you should have some goals. You should have some vision, try to get to that, you know, Um, whether you get to it or not, if if you never achieved the goal, look at what you did achieve on the way is something I would say. That's awesome, man. The hard work is definitely worth it. And when you're in that struggle, it's hard to see. It's hard to see it at that at that point, right? Yeah, like absolutely. You're, yeah, you're just in it. So, Chris, thank you again for coming on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. And uh, and and thank you all for listening. If you like the Built for the Trace podcast, please leave us a review or subscribe. Uh, but this is all about just real people in the trades having real talk, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. But uh, the main thing is 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 success is more than just money, and um, you're only as good as your word, right? So That's it's it. good to just keep. Keep that going in the trades and making sure that we're out there working hard, serving people. So I hope you all enjoy and have a great day. Mm-hmm.